So it's seven metres out. Australia needs to try to win the game. Cobain takes the line out. Australia trying to drive ahead. Gregan again. And Larkham. Kefu. Hey guys and welcome back to the second episode of the Running Rugby podcast. Finally, the Super Rugby season has kicked off and we have a few games to talk about today. Uh, joined as always with my two brothers, Toby again phoning in from London. Hey mate. And of course, Leo with me back in Australia. So today we've got a few things to talk about. We have a quick, quick brief overview of the Brisbane 10s, a couple of pre-season trial matches. But really what we're looking forward to is having a bit of a look at the first couple of teams that we saw play last night and looking forward to the first round with Australian and New Zealand teams in it next weekend. So did either of you guys get a chance to watch any of the Brisbane 10s? Mate, I, I saw a little bit of the highlights, but yeah, I didn't see a lot of it. I didn't catch any of it. I, uh, I didn't dedicate any time to it. I guess that's a pretty good overview of what we think of how important that sort of is showing for form but I mean what from what we can say uh the Blues did come out the winners they definitely looked quite strong I caught a few of their games uh and I think we can definitely see a bit of a change hopefully in their nature from going from the lowest of the New Zealand teams maybe to being slightly more competitive under Tano Amanga this year. And Archie, didn't you say that uh, you had a look at the squads and really the Australian teams hadn't put out like some of their more stellar players for this tournament? They'd, they'd more taken it as an opportunity to blood players, whereas the New Zealand teams, you, you'd noticed, brought some of their starting super rugby players to participate in the tournament? Yeah, so I definitely noticed, especially looking at some of the Australian squads, especially with the Reds, they had a very sort of young squad that Brad Thorne sort of put up to showcase and give them all a little bit of experience but you see you're getting the Geordie Barretts from the Hurricanes you're getting sort of Richie Moana coming through with the Crusaders uh, they're obviously resting a few key people if they're a bit injured I mean the Waratahs chose to set out uh, Kirtley Beale as well so I mean it's not really a true representation I think we can agree of what we expect to see in the season but all the same I was just happy to see a bit of rugby yeah, it'd be interesting to see with the Blues whether they can actually turn the corner this year. I think on paper, all the New Zealand teams look very strong. Um, but the Blues have been kind of at the end of that pack the last few seasons at least. Um, and they've had that rotation of coaches through the Blues. So it seems like Tano Mung is starting to get the best out of the players. And there's guys like, you know, Sonny Bill there, Augustine Pillu. You know, and some of the young guys coming through that I think, yeah, the Blues are going to be in a better position this year for sure. One one guy I did notice on the Blues squad was a guy by the name of Caleb Clark. Um, I'm not sure whether he'll be playing fullback then, but I think he's one to look out for this season. Yeah, sorry, mate. Um, obviously, the Yuani brothers are going to be are going to be massive this year. Develop another year, they're going to be. Yeah, I think particularly at number eight, Yuani brother at number eight is going to be big. Yeah, Akira. Um, yeah, we, didn't, we didn't get to see Rico in this tournament at all, but 
yeah, I think between him and having Sonny Bill in the centres, you're going to see a lot of lot of great running rugby and a lot of great offloads through them, as we always sort of expect. Yeah, for sure. The other thing that I mean, we also saw in the I also saw in the Brisbane tens. Uh, we saw a bit of the women's uh, Australian state sides have a bit of a round robin tournament. And I just got to say the Queensland hits that they were putting on some of the Rebels and the Brumbies games. My God, I think they were the biggest hits of the tournament, some of those Queensland girls coming up and hitting them. It was great, actually, to see some of of that physicality. I think maybe the men could, the Australian men could learn a few few things from them as well. But um, the Queensland girls came out victors in the end and they had some great young talent that I think we'll probably hope to see a bit more in more of in the future but I think that's probably enough to really talk about the tens should we just jump into the first couple of games yeah mate get into it let's do it so I mean we had the two games in South Africa last night the Stormers first the Haguaris and the Sharks and the Lions going up um, I know I was keen I stayed up to to catch these first games uh, let's start with the Haguaris versus the Stormers Leah what do you think yeah, I enjoyed this game. I, I wasn't as devoted. I watched it on replay this morning, but uh, I thought this was the better of the two games. I thought there was more more of the running rugby we like, uh, particularly from uh, the Stormers who threw it around and, and made some really good selections in their in their attack. Uh, they they were creating opportunities and they were actually taking them as they as they pushed through with uh, Willems at fly half. So he he really directed their attack well and. The, albeit the game got a little bit grindy and bogged down in the last five to eight minutes of the two halves, but that's what you expect. People are tired, forwards get a scrum opportunity, and they reset it a few times, so everyone takes in a few breaths. But, uh, no, I, I really enjoyed this game. I think there was pretty pretty good attack. Haguares, as usual, were were a little bit loose. They, they like to play with speed, and, and they do have quite good uh, ball skills, and, and they do move it very quickly edge to edge, but... As usual, that the discipline and and the consistency of their attack was probably their their downside, the the their downfall that they couldn't really keep it together for long enough to to run down the stormers. Only only an eight point margin this game, so it was it was pretty competitive all yeah. the way through. Yeah, I think that's the issue with the Haguaras, isn't it? It's just the consistency isn't there. They have all these, you know, they have flashes of brilliance, and they just can't seem to to keep it together for eighty minutes. Whereas the Stormers seemed a lot more poised. And I don't think, I'm not sure the score was a, a, a great reflection on how close the game actually was. I think the Stormers are a far better team and they'll have a lot of improvement in them. Um, but yeah, the Haguaris, I'd, I'd like to see them do well this year, but I'm, I'm just unsure whether they have the roster to really compete. Um, it's the first thing. Then, the first thing they've got to focus on is their defense, it's their, their one on one tackling is a real yeah, problem. So their the defensive structure is all right, but if they can't stand up or at least and, and hold up a player, if not take them down one-on-one, it's always going to be just a matter of time before the opposition runs a few big players at a few weaker players and they, and they let them through. And that they get carved up in that situation. They, they can't do anything. They, they could do as yeah. much as they do in attack if, if all those passes and, uh, and, and chips through stuck. Well, that's one thing, but other teams are just going to outscore them because their their defense is weak. And that twenty one tackles missed, at least in that first half. Of, that was the commentary at the thirty six minute mark. Twenty one tackles already missed, so that's yeah. a pretty poor sign. 
Yeah, I, I was impressed with a lot of the Stormers players. How you are is, oh, yeah, I just, I don't know. Aust- Augustine Creevy is just a machine, um, but he can't, you know, he can't do everything. He tries to get around the park and do everything, but he needs some support there. And, and they, they just need to, to work on their defense and their composure as well. I just think they're trying to do too much in, in attack as well. I think that's but, definitely yeah. true for Creevy. He was trying to do too much. He ended up getting penalized several times for just always trying to get the turnover at the ruck. And I think, I guess he feels like it is all on his shoulders because he is captain, but yeah. Yeah, he, he does. Set that. So looking forward, I think Eben Ezebeth's still out for the, the Stormers. Um, so he'll be a big addition once he's back, I think. It won't be until May, though, that he's back. So um, Stormers still look pretty good in general. And I, like I said, I think they'll they'll improve going forward. I think there's definitely something... Uh, in their to target in their line out, so uh, Etzebeth being out probably puts a decent size hole in that in that set piece for them. The Waratahs have got the Stormers next week in Sydney, so in terms of breaking down the Stormers, I would I'd be looking to target their line out, uh, get some good set piece from there because you're tying up a lot of their forwards and they don't look that competitive uh, trying to trying to defend an opposition line out, and there's probably opportunity to steal ball back. From, from the loose throws as well. Uh, and then if we moved on, the, the only other point I took for the Storm is they've, they've got some really lethal outside backs and I think the the opposition they face really need to work hard to stop those guys getting a lot of space and and freedom with the ball because I'm not sure there's a... I'm not sure the Waratahs have a, have a back three who can, who can match those guys one-on-one in attack. Uh, or def- defend them one-on-one in attack. They're, they're just quick and skillful, and they play really well together, at least in this first game. Someone I was really excited really seeing back on the oh, on the 15s field was Sanatla, their, their winger that's come across from the South African 7s team. And he is just... He's been known as one of the fastest people in rugby 7s for the last couple of years, him and I think Baker out of the US but now he's just moved to 15 and he's got great hands. He's got great skills. He's a competent defender and he's just electric when he gets the ball. I think he's going to be a real sort of handful for whoever the Stormers come up against and they're going to have to really want to have someone good sort of defending him to try and cover that. But I think the whole Stormers backline looks really good in defence. I don't think there's really yeah. a sort of soft spot in that at all. Yeah, um, they've got class across the backline. Deli Ende, Raman Rule who's come in from the Cheetahs, I think, um, and Dylan Lades. Yeah, they've, they've got some class there. So the Waratahs will be, need to be on their game next week. So the final score in that game was 28-20, to 20, and that's the Stormers winning. And the last-second penalty took away the bonus point from the Haguaras. So, um, so Haguaras come away with no points from that game to start off with. Now let's look at the second game. Talking to Toby earlier, I think we preferred this game. It was a bit more structured, a bit more... Uh, probably was a bit more kicking in it, but it seemed a bit more sort of poised and a bit more yeah, tactical. less thing of those errors. Yeah, less errors, I think, really is the biggest thing. So Lions versus the Sharks um, out of Johannesburg. Um, yeah, so basically I think two teams that are going to potentially contest the... The winner of the or winning the South African Conference, the Stormers as well will be there. Um, I think the Bulls and the Haguares generally will be towards the bottom of that conference. 
So these two teams, I, I, I was anticipating the Sharks to be as strong as, as perhaps they were, and other people were tipping that the Lions were going to run all over them. But Sharks have a, a lot of good players there. And they're when you say other led. people, when you say other people, do you mean Archie, who tipped them to win by twenty-five points? Yeah, see, like that's just ridiculous, mate. You Did... gotta have, you gotta think about the people the Lions have lost. They've lost their coach. They've lost the, well, the son of the coach, which was their number eight. The son um, of the coach. And they're not. I don't think they're going to be as good as last year or the previous year. I actually think they're going to take perhaps a little step back, even though they've got those guys in the key positions. Um, Malcolm Marks is an absolute machine. That guy just looks like he stepped up. Quagga Smith again. People, you know, he's 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 small for the six position. I guess he's more of a seven. But even for a seven, he's quite small. But he's he's just everywhere, and he's he's annoying. He scores tries. He seems to be in the thick of it all the time. He has no respect for his own body, um, and you can see that his his nose has probably been broken about twenty seven times. So. The guy, yeah, the guy just goes crazy all the time. He really annoys me, buddy. But he is pretty good, to be honest. And then you put him he's... with obviously Warren Whiteley as well, who the the Lions have got back, and you get a pretty formidable, really quick mobile back row, don't you? Yeah, Warren Whiteley, like he's he's probably a bit light as well for a number eight. He's got the height. He's agile. He's just his fitness, like he can go all day. Something I noticed from the Lions, they they did seem particularly focused. And it's just to your points about the mobile back row, they did seem particularly focused on pilfering. So something that I, I thought last year, some of our traditionally uh, aggressive players from the Australian conferences, um, some of those guys that we, we used to think, oh, yeah, every time they go in a ruck, they're looking for a pilfer, they're trying to get the ball back. Saying that we lost, the Lions seem really focused on pilfering and, and being, uh, being a competitor at, that break, at the breakdown every time when they've got one of those loose forwards involved. So Quagga Smith and, uh, yeah. and Whiteley, as Malcolm said, Marks as well. It, it's saying, Marks yeah, it's the, the hookers are getting into it now as well. And that it's saying that teams need to probably refresh because, yeah, it was a real, I, th- I thought it was a disappointing thing that we didn't see more from the Australians last year. And if, if the teams are going away from making that a focus, hopefully they're not forgetting about it in defence because they're going to get picked off. Yeah, well, Tolu Latu te- seems to do it for the Tars, Dane Coles, for the Hurricanes in terms of pilfering. And I think it does create those counter-attacking opportunities, which obviously we know the New Zealand teams love. But the Lions play more in that mould where they're free-flowing, they throw it around, they can be erratic at times, but a lot of the time they're playing quick footy. Um, tactical kicking here and there, but they can go length of the field to score a try at any sort of time, and that, that's what makes them so dangerous. That's why you tip them by 25 points. <laughs> no, mate. No, that's just... Come on, it's the first round. If they were playing the Haguaris, I would have yeah, I would have tipped more, but, um, yeah, I think that they're playing the Haguaris next round, so we'll see. You can probably tip them by 50 then, going on your logic. <laughs> Actually, when you mentioned tactical kicking, I think that's the thing that made me enjoy this game a bit less not not that the there wasn't the skill of, of the tactical kicking but 10 10 kicks for territory by the sharks in the first half and six for the lions which was far far more than the stormers and haguaras put out so in this in the second minute we were playing some aerial ping pong kicking it back and forth and the sharks seemed like they were really focused on on getting the territory and not not running it out of their half which 
again, we're we're talking about we're pushing the running rugby angle. So for me, that was that was less entertaining to watch. And they seemed to yeah. give that really give that away in the second half. There was only about three kicks for territory, and in fact, the Lions turned into the kicking team. But they were doing more of an attacking style chips through uh, grubbers grubbers through into the in goal chips for wingers cross field. They had four about four I, I counted attacking kicks where in the first half they had one and it looked like it really became a tactic as, as the team, as the Sharks wore out, as their opposition wore out. Yeah, the Sharks definitely looked like they were struggling a little bit for fitness, you know, up at altitude there. And the Lions seem, because maybe they're exposed to that environment all the time, they do seem super fit. And they, they seem like that for the last couple of years. That's kind of set them apart from other teams where they can just, they can run it, you know, for the full 80. They're just going full tilt. Um Someone that, yeah, apart from Malcolm Marks and Clogger Smith, moving on to the Sharks, you had Robert Dupria, who was doing a bit of that kicking, like you were saying, Leo. Um, he's a young fly half, looks good, looks solid, um, has a much better haircut than um, Elton Yanchis, for one. How still, bad still was Elton that Atrocious do. I think it's getting worse, honestly. I think Archie's talking about the play, not the haircut now. Oh, he's, <laughs> he don't rate so him that much the player, but... Like, didn't look I like think the spring, spring boxing are going to struggle if they keep him at fly half. They need to make a change there, and there's going to be when, whether Andre Pollard or you know Robert Dupre or someone like that can come in. Elton Yanch is yeah, he doesn't do it for me at all, and it's not just the haircut. No, he was he was good for a significant stretch last year, and he was really sort of explosive, and he showed one or two sort of glimpses of that, but for the most part, he was. Not really decisive. The kicks weren't really... I mean, they were attacking kicks, but they weren't quite to on point for him. And his goal-kicking wasn't even sort of up to his normal standard. So, yeah, I think he's one of the reasons where why sort of the Lions maybe struggled not to put on a few more points and made this game closer than it should have been. Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on that and see how his form goes because the Springboks having such a, a terrible year last year will be very kind of, you know... They'll be wanting to turn it around big time this year. So that number 10 position is pivotal. Um, did you guys, just just quickly, did you guys see that that weird pass from the, the fullback for the Lions? For <laughs> that yes. was amazing. He does like he the just like, two-handed quarterback throw almost like. Yeah, it was, it was so accurate. I was, I was like, that just came out of nowhere. I think we've anyway. thrown a few of those around in, in the backyard, but, but that was to see someone do it in a game and really... Absolutely nail it uh, across Surely the field. I mean, that, we are talking about the springback, uh, springbok fullback, so yeah. not just not just anyone pulling out a, a party trick. This guy's uh, pretty decent, and he actually I thought he had a really strong game as well. He, he had uh, a knock on early, but but he, a couple of really strong attacking plays, line line breaking runs, and and really good support, and obviously just gen- the general at the back keeping their defence reasonably strong would the over the sharks so the sharks are coming no sorry the waratahs are going to the sharks in round three so that's the first time anyone in the australian conference will play a south african team uh over in south africa so yeah we're actually getting a preview of all the waratahs matchups so we've had the storm as the following week they go to see the sharks what what weaknesses do you think the sharks have that the waratahs can target Scrum. I think we saw the yeah. Lions just walk all over them in the scrum. And if we 
Waratah's Scrum, I think, should be up to standard. We should be able to target that as definitely an area where we can apply some pressure and get some good go forward and solid platforms for our backs. Yeah, they're going to be have to be careful out wide the Tars because my Pimpy is going to be he's going to be hard to stop. I think he's he's super quick. He didn't do his celebration um, after his try today. He didn't take the call. He didn't get the two cell phones going up. Oh Dude, man, that's I was disappointing. Super disappointing. He's on the big stage now. He needs to whip that out. It was a it was a pretty uh, easy try. Maybe he didn't feel it was deserving. He he was standing out wide and there. Their uh, yeah. scrum half just flung it, cut everyone out straight over to him, uncontested, walked straight over. So probably wasn't deserving of the Mapipi number one celebration. Fair enough. Maybe needs to run the 60, 70 metres that he normally yeah. does to get a try. Got to get, he's gonna gotta get enough distance between him and the rest of the team. He's got to pull the phone out. All right, Arch, I think we're going to move on to the next games, won't we? The preview of the next games. Yeah, so final score there was Sharks at 19 and Lions at 26. And I think we can see from how much we were just talking about the Lions that they are going to be the, the team to beat in South Africa, I reckon. So looking forward, we're going to go and have a look at round two technically, but the first round for a lot of these Australian teams coming up. Uh, so there's a few. Do you guys want to do the Australian games first and then we'll touch on the other ones and give a few tips? Or Yeah, sounds good. Let's do that. Sure. So, I mean, the first one's next Friday night. We've got the Rebels versus the Reds, the first Australian derby uh, coming up. What do we see from this? I'm not sure what we're going to see, to be honest. This is going to be kind of a fascinating game for me because the Rebels, in the last trial that they played against the Waratahs, seemed a bit disjointed. And I heard that Dave Wessels was pretty happy with the performance, but I, I doubt that's the case. They to scored be honest. five points. Yeah, I don't see how I can be happy with that. Um, the Waratahs, you know, put them to the sword in the second half and they looked like they just fell apart. So I know I'm pretty sure they'll have Will Genia back, um, which will be a big bonus. Um, perhaps a few of their other guys in there. But the Reds, um, I think, narrowly beat out the Fijian team in their last trial. Yeah, they did. Um, and we've kind of touted them a little bit to fall off this year and, and possibly come in just ahead of the Sunwolves in the Australian Conference. Um, I think in first episode, Archie, pre- you said the, the wearables were going to take out the Australian Conference, so you're big on them. But I don't know. This is down in Melbourne. There's going to be... I think the Rebels are going to need to step up quite a lot to to get over perhaps such a... It's quite a dynamic uh, Queensland pack. The Reds are going to... I think the Reds are going to be tough for the Rebels, to be honest. I think it's going to be a close game. Yeah, we should mention we're recording this early, so we don't have the final starting lineups for this game as yet. But I think the Rebels yes. at home will be a different force to what we saw in Ballymore, where they're putting on lots of different subs and things. Like I think their forward pack is going to be solid. I think you're right, the Reds might be slightly more mobile than them, but I think they'll have the weight behind them and the solid ball running. And once they've got, once they're getting Adam Coleman and Manaki Murphy running those hard lines, I think they will get a bit of a base to, to spread the ball and get it to some of their faster players out wide. And if they can unleash their wingers there, I, I think they can still win it and beat the Reds. I reckon, I reckon Archie's on the ball. I think the Rebels, uh, they're a new team in terms of their, their coach and their, and their mixture of players. But the Reds, there's a lot of change going on. We've already seen from Brad Thorne and he's, he's moulding this team to, to what he needs from them to, to be a force. So 
I think the, I the think Rebel the Force. Team, the Rebel Force. I think the Rebel Force <laughs> would be too strong for the the Red Thorns. Uh, I think the... That's sounding Game of Thrones I, now. Haven't seen it, but I'll take your word for it. Uh, I think the Reb- I think the Rebels will will get the done at home. Archie, you said that they they put on a lot of subs. That that second half of that trial game was very one sided, as we know. But for it to be five to seven at at half time, it was obviously competitive for a period. And once they start putting new players in to give them a bit of an opportunity and and a run, I think all bets are off. So perhaps the the feedback from the coach was more more based on the first half with his with his first pick fifteen. I'd, I'd giving it to the Rebels, and that's predictions. I'm I'm going Rebels. Yeah, I'm going Rebels too, but I'm I'm not as confident as you guys, to be honest. They they've still got some issues at number ten, the Rebels. That Jack Debrasini didn't seem, you know, too comfortable there, even though he's been the setup for a long time now. I think it's going to be a tight one, but I'm still going to take Rebels. Harrison Goddard, um, I saw in the Brisbane Tens, who's another sort of fly half younger guy for them but he looks pretty explosive I'm really hoping to see him get a bit of a go probably off the bench to start with but I reckon he could be someone they're looking forward to depends whether they might even put Hodge into 10 or something if they're really sort of struggling and they want someone else for that basis yeah I think uh, Horwitz could come into 12 and Hodge could play 10 so Horwitz is another one that can play fly half I don't think they see him as such Um, but yeah they're going to have to work it out early on they have to work it out early on this season, otherwise they're going to have no direction. They're probably happy they're playing the Reds, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. Although, That's... to seg- segue from there, the, the Sunwolves probably aren't stoked they're playing the Brumbies, even if they are at home. Yeah, the Sunwolves are in big trouble as we go. It's the next game we're going to look at, I think. Yeah, so the next game, Sunwolves versus the Brumbies, and that's coming from Prince Chichibu Memorial Stadium up in uh, Singapore, I think. Tokyo. Oh, that's says... in Tokyo, oh, is that the Tokyo that's... one? Yeah, that's yeah, Tokyo. Yeah. 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 Chichibu. So what do we see coming out of this then, Toby? Uh, I, I see the Sunwolves in, in deep trouble. That's what I see. It's not a it's not a good way for them to start. I guess what is none of the teams are going to be easy. Yeah. Brumbies are... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Not Brumbies. Maybe, maybe if they had, you know, had some better players, that might help. <laughs> I don't know. It probably would just, be a good start. If we gave them Improve the Jaguars but made them stay up all night the night before drinking and then put them out against the Sunwolves, maybe they'll get a shot. Yeah, take them out to Rapongi and then make them play on three hours sleep. <laughs> that might work. Like Maybe they can just be like really good hosts and take the Brumbies out. The Japanese the Brumbies. are really good hosts. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, Brumbies, Brumbies are going to... I think they're going to be very good. I think they're going to come out of the blocks... And they're going to put the points on. I, I'm probably predicting this one by 30 points. I reckon. The Sunwolves are big number. Yeah, I reckon it's going to be maybe 40 to 10 or something like that. Do you think it's going to be close for the first half? Because we've seen a number of times the Sunwolves look like they're not not probably wouldn't go as far as saying they're looking like upsetting a a more favoured team, but definitely looking much more competitive in that first half. And they probably go into. I wonder how many times have gone into half time. 10 to 12, just in, almost in touch. Not like, I mean, that's falling saying. away, but yeah. And then the second half just becomes a, a walkover. You've got probably the first 10 minutes of that half to really hit back and try and level up. And if that doesn't happen, things tend to deteriorate. And, and then, yeah, you get a 20, 30 plus sort of line. Yeah, it's definitely, they they do keep it tight in the, the initial part of the game generally. 
And it, it almost seems like once they concede a couple of tries, like they, they just fall back into that pattern and, you know, here we go. It's going to be another tough game. I think and players they get more keep... individual. Players tend to resort yeah. to what they do as an individual once they're under that much stress and then they, and they stop playing like a team. You see guys going one out. Yeah, definitely. I don't think they have the confidence across the park in their 15. Like, they know they have some, some good, solid players, but when things get tough, those players overexert themselves, and, yeah, that's when they fall apart. Yep. Hopefully we might see a little bit better sort of team mentality, bring in sort of the Japanese coaches, bring in Michael Leach, and you have a bit more of that sort of sensibility and experience coming through. But, yeah, I think I'm yeah, with you guys. he's important. I don't think it'll be enough. Brumbies with very little change to their squad. Add a, add a David Pocock. Yeah. Well, David Pocock is not playing, but yeah, I, I don't think that'll matter because their back row is going to be going to be in good shape anyway. They're going to have you know strong front row, good set of locks in there. They're going to have a dynamic back line. I think Christian Leolafano might start. He started the, in the last trial, I think. Do you think they'll put him at ten? No, I think Hawera. Hawera and then still be Lilia Fano at twelve. Lilia at twelve, Tavita at thirteen. On the wings, who will have Chance Penny as you big fan of Arch. Yeah, so Chance um, Penny. Tom and Banks Spate. maybe at fullback and Spate, yeah. And hopefully, I want to see Spate. I could see Spate here getting like a hat trick. Those outside channels they run Kavita, um, Tavita through. He's just gonna if they get him some good ball early. I think that's just gonna yeah break down Japanese walls very quickly. Yeah, this team's, this Brumbies team looks great on paper and I think they're going to blow the Sunwolves out of the water. But, you know, you never know. It could be a tight game. It could come down to being a three-point game. I just don't see it. I see the Brumbies, as I said, by 30, so I'm tipping them. Sounds like a sweep, all Brumbies. All Brumbies, yeah, definitely. That's an easy pitch. <laughs> and then we'll go to the first Waratahs game of the season they're, they're facing the Stormers so as we were talking about earlier Stormers already have had their first game so they might be coming in with a little bit more sort of composure a little bit more experience less sort of first game of the season nerves and that's coming out of Allianz Stadium at 7.30 next Saturday and I reckon these two teams based on what I saw from the Stormers this morning I think I think there's a lot of good matchups I think there's a lot of similarities in these teams so the Stormers had a really solid defence when they were when they were set. So once they once they'd got their positions, if they were on the line or, or midfield, once they were all there, they weren't chasing back after after a big gain. They just looked like you weren't going to get through them. And and the Waratahs have had their times where they look like that as well. So the defences will be, I think, pretty evenly matched. Uh, the one thing the Waratahs, as I said before, I think they need to be able to contain those outside backs. That's something I'm I would be most worried about. I'd say that they'd be Stormers would be targeting targeting the Waratahs uh, around the outside. See what see what they can break through there. If they can get the ball wide quickly, if the rush up defence uh, isn't isn't there, and then they're, they're back. The two back lines of the Waratahs we know have um, some pretty decent stars in there. They've got a bit of size in Curtis Rona. It's whether they we talked a bit earlier Arch about whether Tekeli gets a run. Is is his bulk what we want, or is it? Uh, more, more of a Speed liability ball. in this game. You can't. Ten Kelly. He can't start. Yeah, Ten I don't Kelly think, in this game. He's not going to start. He's he's just signed with the Northampton Saints for the end of the year. Yeah, I don't see him starting. I think they're going to go with 
probably Kellaway and perhaps Cameron Clark if he's fit. Look, Otherwise, I, yeah, I don't know. I think you need to you need to focus on defense for these. As we said, those outside backs for the Stormers are so quick. I think you need to just make yeah. sure you have the defensive strength. So I think someone like Cam Clark is good. Even Callaway, I'm a bit unsure about. I'd probably prefer to, them to put in like Alex Newsom or someone, someone with a bit more size, um, but still has a bit of that pace, just to try and shut them down. I think the way yeah, that's you, a good shout out. Yeah, the way you're gonna Newsom look good. The way you're gonna attack the Stormers, I think, should be through the middle and through your forwards. I don't think you're gonna be able to run around the outside or run through those outside channels against them. No, that's that's right. I, I would agree with that. I'd say if you can if you can just make make consistent small gains, uh, either hitting it up through the forwards or or in the midfield. It's it's once that structure starts to break down that you've you've just then got to pick your opportunity. So Foley in in the generals uh, seat, it really needs to be on on next weekend. Uh, because I think the from what is again Stormers took their opportunities early on in the game against the Haguares and and made it look easy and if 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 they can break up that that defense get them on the back foot a little bit trailing backwards with the play and then and then pick them apart that's going to be the best opportunity and and for the Waratahs defense Curtis Rona it's going to be a good test for him because it's a yeah it's a solid yeah. lineup in front he's in that 13 channel he's going to have to really either. Uh, call call the plays for the rest of the line and and make you know quick decisions whether he's going to race up and try and shut down that uh, the play that's being thrown out wide. I think yeah this is the this is going to be an interesting decision for Daryl Gibson because I heard some in, some um, mutterings during the preseason game that Lalakai Fiketti could start at thirteen perhaps and maybe they'll shift Rona out onto the wing. Uh, Newsom had a very good game that game, Arch. So I think you you may be right. You could even see him start over Cameron Clark and Andrew Callaway on the other wing. So Flower, I think we're going to see a 15. Hopefully Bill's fit. He needs to be fit for the Waratahs to come out firing. They, I just think last season they missed him so much. Um, this is a huge game for the Waratahs, make no mistake. This is Saturday night in Sydney. First kind of big test of the year, straight out of the blocks. They need to come out. And be, you know, none of this drop ball and, you know, no direction. They need to like play direct, and they need to score points because Daryl Gibson's job's on the line, and he knows that. Like this is a statement game for the Waratahs straight up. Well, I think we were all pretty happy seeing some of the play in, in that trial game versus the Rebels. Uh, I believe Toby, we put up that try on the Facebook page, didn't we? The yeah, yeah. So Curtis Rona took it at the back made a very good run and then there was kind of that interplay with I think Beal and then through the Foley and out to the wing and that's where Fichetti scored in the corner mm. after Falau kind of straightened the attack and if they can do that like that's the Waratahs we want to see that's the way the Waratahs were playing in 2014 when they won the tournament that's their best style of play with the players they've got in this back line they just need to be dominant up front they've got a Wallabies front row and other Wallabies kind of scattered through the pack. Jed Holloway needs to have a big game. Jake Gordon at number nine is going to start. He's got that position because Phipps is out. So another big game for him. Um, and he looked pretty good in the trial. So we want to see him stay in that role. So I'm hoping he has a big game. Yeah, but I'm, Are you I'm going very to keen tip to see the Waratahs? I'm going to tip the Waratahs. I will take the Waratahs by, I think, about 12 points. 
Oh, he's giving up his margin. Careful. I'm happy to. I'm happy to. <laughs> you, you guys, you know, Archie's going to tip probably the Stormers by 30 or something. <laughs> probably just out of the blue. No, I think, we're all, I think we'll all go Tars, won't we? You guys in the Grands? My heart always makes me want to go Tars. This one, if I'm, if I'm tipping Tars, is a very low margin. I, I think it's going to be a close game. And if all the things we've talked about, if all that potential and all the planning for this game uh, comes together, there's no reason why the Waratahs can't win. But I, I think the Stormers are going to be right there anyway. Yeah, I'm, I am really tempted to tip the Stormers in here. But Come I on, don't, think, that's, yeah, that's I don't not, think I can. I, don't I, can think... I can't let myself do it for the first game. I have, I have hope still for the 2018 season. So I'll probably be tipping Charles by one, I reckon. I don't know, you guys, like, come on, the Stormers are flying over from Cape Town. The Waratahs have been settled in Sydney for a number of weeks now. But they've had a game I don't already. see how... That real game experience, I think, makes a big difference. Yeah, I think it does play a part, but they're, they're also going to be... The travel, I think, comes into it. They're not going to be acclimatised. The Tars are, I think the Tars are going to run over them. I'm really worried about Beal getting run over at 12 by D. Aleande, or whatever his name is. He's massive. Yeah, he's good. And he's he's the type of player. He's been up and down in form a little bit, but it looks like from the game last night, it looks like he's you know he's on it. He's ready. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Bill have his work cut out for him. Def- you know, defending in that that twelve channel against a guy that's probably I think one hundred and ten kilo nearly. So I think it's going to be an interesting game. One of the games of the rounds for me. But yeah, there's plenty of other good games to be seeing this weekend. Just taking a quick break to thank RM Williams, the unofficial sponsor of the Running Rugby podcast. We appreciate all your support, fellas. And now back to it. Well, yeah, that's that's all the Australian games. So let's let's fly through and give our tips for the other games. So I just want you can give me one sentence in your pick, but the other game on Friday night, the Highlanders and the Blue, and uh, the Blues coming out of Dunedin. I'm on the Highlanders yep. on this one. Yeah, I Highlanders and the Blues yet, and I don't think Brisbane tens. Gives you the answer. Highlanders, uh, yep, led by the Barracuda on the wing, Richard Buckman. No, I think that the Highlanders are going to be going to be pretty decent still. There was someone saying that Elliot Dixon might not even start this game, which I find hard to believe. Um, but they've got Liam Squire, they've got Elliot Dixon, they've got a pretty solid backline. Ben Smith's back. I'm taking the Highlanders for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to take the Blues in that. I've watched the Brisbane 10, so I saw, saw some of that talent coming through. I think Tano Among us has turned this team around. I reckon the Blues are going to come in and shock the Highlanders straight away. You know that Carlos Spencer's not playing, though, right? That's the reason I'm he... taking the Blues. <laughs> you know that... He knows that he's devastated. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm glad Ehia West is... I don't know why the Hurricanes signed him, but... They they make you a habit of that. Let's get Garden Bashup and Ehio West. Let's just get all these tens to back up someone that's always going to play. To be fair, yeah. Garden Bashup played well in the Brisbane tens. He was running around. Had... Has he lost like ten kilos or something? Oh no, he still has a pot belly, but like he looked, I don't know, somehow more mobile. Yeah, he's just he's he's his ass just puts Andrew Johns to shame. Like he's just massive. Anyway, moving anyway. on to the next game, we have the. Saturday afternoon game, Crusaders versus the Chiefs coming out of Christchurch. Uh, I'm going to be taking the Crusaders here, no question about it. I think it will be a really good game to watch as well. Yeah, Crusaders at home, hard to tip against. 
Yeah, Saders for me as well. Damian McKenzie comes in at 10, I believe, for the Chiefs after they've lost Aaron Cruden. Crusaders have too much poise. Again, like the Brumbies, they're going to have that that consistent team coming out. I think the Crusaders are going to be too clinical here. Both teams are very stable in the offseason, but uh, Crusaders bring a mature set of heads to these sorts of games. Chiefs are still looking to consistently get on top of these teams that set the bar in New Zealand. I don't think they're quite there yet, but I'll be, I'll be excited about seeing a bit of this game. I think it's going to be probably the game of the round, not involving an Australian team. Fair call. It's going to be a good game. I think you're being a bit harsh on the Chiefs there. I mean, go back a couple of years, they were winning winning Super Rugby two years in a row and things that not really below any sort of standard. Maybe yeah, not mate, below. That was five years ago, though. Yeah, it's, 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 there's some guys in that team now who weren't there a few years ago. I, I think they've got a they've got to prove that they can do it week in week out the crusaders are just they're the they're the standard for consistent play they might not always be the most exciting but they get the job done and they've been up the top of that conference yeah they're the patriots of new england patriots of super rugby <laughs> they're just every year they're in it saying their cheeks deflating i'm sure we can come up with something they're definitely not the philadelphia eagles <laughs> oh yeah all right, so next one's uh, Lions Haguares over right. in Joburg, yes. up at altitude again. So the things don't really get any easier for the Haguares going from Cape Down to Joburg, facing the Stormers and now facing the Lions a week later. Um, I think all of us would be hard-pressed to see any sort of upsets coming from the Haguares here. You'd think Lions would be strong favourites in this game. Yeah, Lions for sure. Uh, they're going to be much better for that hit out. I'm not sure if they're getting any of their injured players back this week. Uh, we'll have to wait for the team sheets, but uh, yeah, I think the Lions are going to be more direct, they're going to be more ruthless, and the Haguaras are in for more, some more pain this week. I think the uh, the Lions definitely need to improve their malls, which are pretty poor uh, this week, and, and definitely work on that line out, but I, I don't see them being too troubled by the Haguaras, so i got Lions as well. Yeah, I think my Lions by 25 is maybe I was a week too early that <laughs> prediction. Yeah, I, I'm, I'd agree more with that pick in this game. But, you know, how you are is it, you never know with them. I just don't think they're going to be deflated, I think, from losing to the Stormers straight up. Yeah. They probably think, I think they feel probably they're a little better than they are. Um, but time, time will tell. We'll see how they go in this game. Yeah, so I want, I want to see Yangtze's um, step back up and see if he's going to regain any form because I think otherwise that's going to spell trouble for the Lions this season. And something I didn't mention earlier was that one of their wingers, who's the new guy, um, Dianti, scored a really great try uh, last night down to the side of solo effort. So keep an eye on him. I believe he's number 14 for them. Hopefully see a few more sort of fireworks and a few more sparks in, in offense from him. Let's go yeah, and no, they look good. Let's go and look at the last game of the round, and we see the Bulls, um, the other South African team, to finally have their first game versus the Hurricanes uh, coming out of Pretoria. So, a bit harsh for the Wellington boys to travel across to Pretoria for the first game of the season. What do we think is that going to affect them? No, definitely not. I think the I think the Bulls preseason couldn't be long no. enough to prepare for this game. I think the Hurricanes will have them. 
Yeah, I agree, Leo. Canes are going to be far too strong. I tip them to win the, the competition this year. They're going to get over to Pretoria early. There's not much to do there. They'll be focused on rugby. Um, Canes are just, yeah. You look at their back line, got so many good players across that. Um, I think Dane Coles is back in action. Yeah, so guys like Artie Severe in the back row, um, they're just going to be, they're going to be far too strong for a young Bulls contingent. Toby, changing a pick from our our documents here, you'd picked the Bulls before. I did not put the. Someone's changed what I've written there. <laughs> there's no way I've. There's no way I've tipped the Bulls. All right, man. If you want to lie and then go back on it and turn it around, that's oh, fine. That's right. Like if the Bulls, if the Bulls win, I'm happy to claim that. But if they don't, <laughs> oh, you'll have it both ways. Oh, great, great. No, I agree. Yeah, you just, just give me flexibility. Just having having people like the Barrett brothers coming through another year with the Hurricanes, having uh, Lamapi and Aso in the centres, who were just try scoring oh, yeah. last year. Oh, good. Oh, good. And then you've got and Jordy Barrett's put on weight. Apparently, he's put on like five kilos or something. Is that a good thing? It's good because he was like, the guy's six foot five. He's still quick. Like he's just put on some more muscle. He's going to be more. He's going to be harder to bring down. He's still got all the skills. So he's just like a bigger version of Bowden. Like you can't. It's a nightmare for teams. Absolute nightmare. So looks like all of us there taking the Hurricanes away from home versus a new young Bulls team. Uh, and Toby also taking the Bulls as well. But we'll see how that turns out. In other news around the yep. world, though, we've seen a bit of a new announcement coming out of North America with the new rugby competition, the Major League Rugby, coming up. Mate, this is something that I, I picked up during the week. To be honest, rugby in America is, in my opinion, is generally centred around the sevens and, like, the Olympic campaign. But you've got this, this tournament called Major League Rugby as they like to name all their kind of new competitions, Major League something. But Major League Rugby or MLR coming into uh, April 2018. So there's seven teams from Seattle, Salt Lake City, San Diego, Glendale in Arizona, and you got Austin and Houston in Texas, and then New Orleans. So a pretty strange array of, of teams kind of strewn across USA. I would have thought perhaps there would be some, some teams out of more the East Coast, and apparently there's a New York team coming in next year. Um, but there's a lot of private money coming in behind this. Something I really yep. want to know about this is, will the winner of the Major League Rugby be the world champion? Oh, undoubtedly. It's just, yeah, just they're going to be the world, the, the world champions of rugby. And it's I, I mean, I can only assume they are for baseball, NFL. That's customary, right? Yeah, sure. Check out check out some of these names, all right? So we know that the US is kind of notorious for coming up with these either either great names or kind of mildly strange. So you got the Houston Sabercats, the New Orleans Gold, um, Seattle Seawolves. Like, what's a seawolf? You yeah, tell me that. The logo is just a killer whale. Yeah, like come I on, guys. <laughs> Not a wolf at all. Oh gosh. Go on. What are the rest? See, that's probably yeah, that's probably the first thing they've got to work out, like what a seawolf is, sea and then maybe they'll be able to make MLR work. You said they're playing this April through June, so yep. that's going to be spring into summer, and they're playing in places like Houston, Dallas, San Diego, 
It's gonna be hot. Yeah, it's gonna, I mean, it's not Australian hot, but it's gonna be. It's gonna oh, be warm. Texas is pretty hot, man. Te- Texas like is pretty hot. Summer. Yeah, sure. I think well, so. I mean, they're probably gonna have air-conditioned stadiums or something like they do for every other sport. No, but... no, 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 no. These are gonna be played in like very small, like suburban stadiums. Maybe like I don't know. Oh, well, that's good. Small it's college be... stadium. So they're not going to have any sort of real facilities, and that's going to be a problem, I think. Like you say, the weather is not going to be conducive to good good rugby. They did this with f- football or soccer a few years ago, yeah. quite a few years ago now, and that's quite successful. Like I think there's like 22 teams around the US now. So something like this, I'm surprised there's not a Can- like a Canadian team straight off the bat in there. I think they're bringing in Toronto perhaps in 2020. That's what I read. Um, so you've got New York and Toronto coming in. And I think the U.S., look, people want to make it work over there, but you've got to fit it in around the NFL market. There's going to be the NBA and NHL playoffs, I think, come in May and June. So you're kind of competing with that on the back end of your tournament. There's almost not an ideal time to be playing this, but I think they're trying to align it more with, say, like Super Rugby or the end of the premiership season here. So, Look, at the end of the day... It's another country that's embracing rugby and trying to get into it, and that's going to develop more talent, make more competition, more competitive teams. So it's a good thing. It's a good thing to see. And you even see the Seattle Seawolves have uh, got the Crusaders have bought like a minority ownership in them yeah, as well. So yeah. they're getting some backing from some of these other teams as well, which is sort of good to form those connections. Yeah, I think it's a smart move by the Crusaders to get in early. Mm. But still that name pulled me right off. <laughs> Um, anyway, so that's that's an interesting thing to keep an eye on. We might have a chat about it once April rolls around, and but yeah, we'll we'll take a look at it. That's all from us this week, guys. We'll be back next week with a recap of those games and hopefully talking about a few Australian victories. You can find us and like us on Facebook at the Running Rugby Podcast. Uh, that's the best way to keep up to date with some news and videos, and we put some highlights up there. Otherwise, you can follow us on Instagram at Running Rugby Podcast. At the moment, the best place to find us is on the Apple Podcasts. Uh, we're looking to try and expand and get onto some other platforms and get you listening on some Android devices in the future. But until next time, guys, keep on running. Run.